The Evening Brothers are proud to present Twinkie Talk. Hello, everybody. I am Cyber Lincoln. <laughs> Welcome to Twinkie Talk, Techno Twinkie Talk, brought to you by the Robo Evening Brothers. Beep, beep, bop. I'm, I'm three gigabyte brother John. <laughs> From, from from space or the internet or whatever. Welcome, three gigabyte brother Thank John. You. I am Cyberlink. Thank you, Cyberlink. I have embodied this podcast. That's horrible news. <laughs> and I am Brother Preston, who's a very that's, technical boy. <laughs> that's human brother Preston. Preston is a very technical boy. Human brother, three gig John, and Cyberlink. Hey, John. Off for the ages. Will you, will hey, you yeah, stand up and show us your cardigan real quick? My cardigan? I don't think I need to stand for you to see this. Um, well, I, I, I need on. the, you know. You want the whole situation? I okay, want the whole well, situation here. I, here. Does that, does that do it for you? I got pajama yeah, pants perfect. on, too. Preston, I have a question. We've been doing, what, 11 podcast episodes so far, and I don't think there's been a single one where you haven't tried to to introduce a visual element <laughs> to our audio medium. Like I'm, a, I'm a very visual person, you know? I like to, to yeah, set the scene for our listeners. Well. <laughs> so they have an image in their mind of, of what what exactly is happening ah, yes. in the situation. Yeah, I see. I see. You know? So, Johnny Mnemonic, I, I want to restrain discussion to just the short story first, because I want to hear what you guys think of it. So, um, <laughs> I, guess I'll t- I guess I'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, Johnny Mnemonic is a, is a short sci-fi story. It's a dystopian uh, story written by William Gibson. Um, it's about a guy named Johnny Mnemonic and his... Uh, the kind of story is that he's transmitting information using his brain as like a physical media, a way of transferring digital data. So it's like, it's this future where, you know, sending over the internet is sometimes insecure. And so they hire physical people to transmit information and he has no idea what he's carrying. And he, uh, he ends up carrying the wrong information and has to run away from, uh, a Yakuza assassin that's been sent to kill him. What do you guys, what do you guys think of the story? I, I'll just put my cards on the table. I thought it was excellent. I think it's a it's an excellent display of world building and and showing and not telling and I think it's a great little story. Yeah, I feel like I I well so here's here's two things. One, um I felt like it would be out of line for me to fully do the homework cuz I never whenever in school they said, "Hey, you should read this thing." I I didn't do it at all, <laughs> which didn't also feel right to do for this. So I I read the beginning of it while I was making dinner. <laughs> And then I read the end of it, and there's a good portion of the middle chunk that I didn't read. But what I read, I really enjoyed. <laughs> okay, did you like? Did you like the Killing Floor? The Killing Floor, I think, was part of what I what I did, went on ahead and skipped. <laughs> ah, I see. <laughs> but, I see. Preston, what do you think no, of the Killing no, Floor? No, hold on. Now I want to tell you my thoughts on the Killing Floor because I seem oh, oh, go I'm ahead. actively regretting not reading this because it sounds kind of awesome. <laughs> um, Preston, did you like? Did you read it? Did you do the homework? No, I, yes, I, I fully read it for sure. Um, he fully read it. Yeah, I know. I know about 30 seconds before I bought, I rented the movie too. So I was, you nice. know, I was really trying to follow your instructions, Lincoln. Um, I don't know. Thank I enjoyed it. I'm, I thought it was I'm all right. So impressed. Um, I, I definitely don't have as glowing of a review as, as you do Lincoln. I think it's kind of on par with every other sci-fi short story I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> every every one of them, every single other one, even the ones he made in middle school. <laughs> right. I thought we weren't supposed to talk about his next generation fanfics. 
<laughs> I thought that was like no. I think that's fair that game. Was, I, I we're we're fair game with, that was with one of the next generation fan. Yeah. Okay. It's not cool. I mean, yeah. You you can talk about them as as much as you want, John, because they well, they don't I, exist. I, so I have some, <laughs> you just go to town. Sure they sure they don't. I do. speaking of going to town. Um, I have some really interesting opinions on how you handled the character of Data and and his uh, sexual prowess in the in those those <laughs> fan fictions. I thought that was kind of a weird turn. Well, only because you read the beginning and then the end. You didn't read any of the juicy stuff in the middle. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I did. I did tend to skip a lot of your work. Oh, goodness. Uh, I like when Preston makes a joke that sounds like a joke that Lincoln or I would make, and then he realizes it, and then he goes, oh, that's on the internet. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, everyone. That's fun. <laughs> yep. No, I liked, I thought um, it was a good, well, though. The- it, like, I, it set me up world-building-wise. I thought that this was going to be, um, how do you say it? Uh, good movie that's good a movie mm. <laughs> a, f- a film <laughs> slash story yeah um well preston do you do you want to tell john what the killing floor is because i think it's i am so i have lots of opinions about the killing floor i i will attempt to explain it and you can go ahead and tell me when i'm wrong and great fix great. it all so like just business as usual um, <laughs> wow <laughs> goodness we're on one already um from from what i got from the story it is this walkway that is suspended that moves around um that is wired into a sound system for some really gnarly uh dance battles yeah it's it's basically a giant room the 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 story says as if someone threaded steel wire through a junkyard and pulled it taut it's just this big suspended steel room high up in the city and all of the like springs that it's resting on are hooked up to amplifiers. And so the movement on the killing floor produces giant loud, like synthesized bass no- noise. That's pretty sick. Why didn't they do that? And in it this is, movie? it's one of the most cinematic <laughs> things I can imagine. And I have no idea it, why it wasn't included at yeah. all, even a little bit. Should have read the middle. That sounds. I should have read the middle. I actually should have exclusively <laughs> should read the middle. Is what I'm learning. Yeah. So wait, what was the what was the first sentence of the end that you did read? Whatever the first. Like, where'd you pick back the up the last paragraph? Because the killing floor is like the second to last. <laughs> just the last paragraph. Yeah. So, so. So do you know who? Do you know who the dolphin? Yeah. Is? Yeah. No. No. no did, I, you, did you get to the? Dolphin? I got to. The, I got. I got to the dolphin, and I'm glad I did because I would have been. I would have. I think I would have had a stroke if I wasn't prepared <laughs> a little bit for the concept of cyber dolphin. So, uh, so William Gibson wrote this movie. He wrote, he, not the movie. Yeah. He wrote the short story and then he decided to write the movie. Wrote the screenplay. Wait, did he, did he actually write the movie? Yeah. Yeah. He also wrote the screenplay. I did a a triple take where I rewound it twice (laughs) to make sure that I, I had read correctly that the author of this short story also wrote this movie. (laughs) Genuine, genuine question because it, the short story felt competent. Was there like. Did he get hit by like a bus or? Well, I actually, there's some even more interesting trivia that's going to come up right now. All right, fire away. I'm about to get it. So uh, the movie is in pre-production and they hire on a guy named Robert Longo. And he is a artist. He's a, he's a painter and a, and a drawer. He draws with charcoal. And um, this is the first movie he has, he ever directed in his life. And also, the only movie he's ever directed in his life. <laughs> I could see that. You don't say. But he previously had worked on music videos and TV, and this is his only feature film he's ever directed. And the movie was set to be kind of marketed as a B movie, but since Speed did so well, 
they decided that the next Keanu Reeves venture was going to be really heavily marketed as like a full-on action thriller. Oh, much like many of our current national problems, speed is the issue. Speed the movie. <laughs> speed is the issue. <laughs> yeah. Speed the movie starring Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Really, really too bad because it's quite a good, it's a good flick and it really- It's a great time, but it started doesn't so, deserve many, to so many just problems. like conflicts worldwide. I'm, I'm looking at Robert Longo's art right now because Lincoln, you were taking too long. Um, respectfully, <laughs> sorry, sure. I sent you a link in the chat. Um, once well. again, speed is the issue. Um, and I cannot believe that somebody like like the guy who made all of this art also made this movie because the art is astounding. It's so cool. It's so good. It's so cool. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna click on that link, I'm just John. Look at look at. I'm gonna do this. Okay. All right. <laughs> I feel like an elderly. What's happening? <laughs> Where do I click? And actually, John, you're the resident resident artist, so tell me about, oh, about what you think of this very good shoot, art. This is good. This is cool. It's charcoal. That's charcoal? It's charcoal. Well, okay, so I have two thoughts. Thought number one, this is incredibly impressive. Like, that's insane. And then thought number two, my dude spent a long time doing like a charcoal football man which <laughs> why would you do that what's like what <laughs> as, as an artist why mm-hmm. well i don't know well anyways isn't i was i've just been obsessed with this movie and there's so much there's just this never-ending depth of of weirdness no, this is, including yeah. robert longo's astoundingly impressive charcoal art. this is crazy and it makes me sad that i sometimes tell people i'm an artist because then they're people like this exist and they might expect <laughs> that from me. So I, I, I think that's probably enough preamble about Johnny mnemonic. So let's get into the plot. The short story wastes literally zero time explaining any of the world to you, right? right. It just jumps right in. This movie gives you the, it just gi- does the good favor of giving you this amazing scrolling text to tell you everything you need to know about this universe. Yeah. Potentially the worst opening crawl you've ever seen in your entire yeah. life yeah because one it's really fast probably in the history of cinema like it zooms by yeah i um i i wrote here uh gobbledygook already the text is bullshit the flashing whatever they have behind the text is horrible yeah like i'm i'm worried about it and just how it like it how it made me feel. I feel like I that got in my brain like a Manchurian candidate kind of thing. I feel like in, in ten years somebody's gonna say something about exoparticles and I'm just gonna like try to shoot somebody. <laughs> you can try to shoot someone with a cyber rifle. Yeah. Which which is just an Uzi with an extra thing on it. I mean, to be fair, the opening crawl is supposed to prepare you for the movie. And I, I feel like this does a pretty good job of preparing you <laughs> for the absolute heinous monstrosity that you're about to watch. It does. It sets the bar yeah, really there's, low. There's, and somehow the movie does not meet that bar. There's two things I want to point out that are that are part of the text of the opening crawl. One, they say hiding like rats in the walls of the world, which is way too interesting of a phrase to exist in this movie. Yeah. And then the second one is it says the year is 2021 and the world is threatened with a new plague. Yeah. And I just... I figured that was going to come we, up at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, well, okay. So that's not the only thing that this movie somehow predicted. 
What, what was the other well, thing? All of the way that like are like uh, what was what, the word for that? Pre- Lincoln or Preston, because you're both smarter than I am, and also know how to say the <laughs> words. What's the thing where you put the mask on your face and you do the hand virtual reality? Yeah, VR. <laughs> yeah, definitely predictive VR. Well, that's what it's VR called. Has been had been a had been an element of science fiction for a while. Well, yeah, but like it was so specific about the way that it did it that it's like yeah, that's this true. is that's just true. the metaverse. Like this is mm-hmm. this is Mark Zuckerberg's virtual reality is probably <laughs> it's it's mark zuckerberg um, watched um blade runner and then watched mad max and this is this is his wet dream yeah that's that's actually so so yeah. good that is so but not like mad max one it was like beyond thunderdome oh yeah yeah absolutely and, yeah yeah he didn't watch one of the like good ones yeah, and no, definitely no. definitely like, not fury road because that's way, way, yeah, that would be disrespectful to yeah. Fury Road. To be clear, he also didn't watch 2049. He watched the original Blade yeah. Runner and the third Mad Max film. <laughs> yeah, and one of the bad cuts of Blade Runner, too, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the second Yeah. <laughs> so we, we open with a trip through the internet in 2021. It looks a lot like the planet Cybertron. <laughs> and then we have uh, Keanu Reeves waking up in a hotel room. Tell me, what, was your, what were your thoughts when you saw Keanu Reeves in this film? for the first time or or when you realized he was in it present do you want to do you want to feel that one <laughs> i don't know that i have an opinion about keanu's opening scene well what part of why i really didn't want you to research this is because it was so good to me that keanu was in it like this is like we will probably keep referencing this but this is really a, a terrible pre-matrix kind of movie <laughs> like it's it's almost the plot of the matrix but every aspect of it is done poorly <laughs> And the Wachowskis saw that, actually read, they really did see that movie and think, what if we did this right? What if we did that, but it was <laughs> and good. Matrix, and Matrix was a direct result of Johnny Mnemonic. So I just want to know, like, I purposely hid this this fact from you. So I want to know what your feelings were when you saw him and you heard his beautiful, his beautiful that Keanu voice. was in this? And yeah. You, well, Liam, the first thing, because I had to figure out where to watch the movie and the first thing you see when you type in Johnny Mnemonic streaming is starring Keanu Reeves. Well, I guess that's <laughs> true. well, anyways, how'd you feel when you saw that? You know, this is a very Keanu movie. <laughs> like it does not. Well, John. Also, wait, didn't you say didn't didn't you say something about Keanu being in this? Because didn't we have a Keanu movie? Either way, like, I do was Keanu going into this. Your question has crashed directly off a cliff into a ravine, but I'm here to I'll be the continue. jaws of life to help you out of it because when Keanu Reeves came on screen, because I just went on Vudu and I searched Johnny Mnemonic and I just rented it. I almost bought it for $15. Thank God I didn't do that. Um, I already bought it. I bought it twice now because I had to, I accidentally bought the full screen version on DVD and then I bought the widescreen version on Apple. Of course you did. Um, so yeah, so I, I, he showed up, I had no concept of him being in this and it, it was a breath of fresh air and then he started talking and I realized how much better Keanu Reeves has gotten since he started acting, <laughs> he really has. which is crazy. And, and with a script that's even kind of competent yeah. as compared to this yeah. one. Yeah. And like a director that knows how to make people seem like human beings. Instead of you know, produce beautiful charcoal <laughs> drawings. Right. <laughs> I think we've talked about this off 
the air before and I, I want to revisit it because I think it's such a salient point is I spend a, the first 20 minutes of every Keanu Reeves movie just realizing that he talks like that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a universal but like this one, experience. And this one. I feel like this does not get better though. Like after the 20 minutes, no, it never does. he's just still going like, yeah, well, that's just how you yeah. feel about it. Like, like he's not <laughs> at no point. Do you feel like, Oh, that's a, that's like a guy. He's just, <laughs> Just Keanu Reeves. I, no, he's, he's just Johnny Nemoy. I think as he's gotten older, the 2000s, 90s stank has just gotten filtered out just a little bit, which really helps his case so much. It helps a lot. I 100% agree. Yeah. Um, his delivery of, we've got ice. <laughs> and then the, the woman leaves his hotel room because she's just leaving and she pretended to get ice. I was like, yes, Keanu. <laughs> acting. What he's acting? got it. How many acting? This guy's going to be a star. (laughs) Like who, who kept hiring him throughout the nineties? That's the question. How did he make it through the nineties to get to the matrix? (laughs) Probably because he's a nice guy and he's a hard worker. (laughs) That's true. That's true. He seems really nice and he seems, he seems pretty professional when he's, when he's on. And I'll tell you what, if that guy wants to be on a podcast, I've got one for him. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Keanu, you are welcome to our podcast. Mm-hmm, all times. You know what? Why don't you just put with Keanu Reeves on this episode? <laughs> it will just kind of manifest yeah. it. We'll just work on Eight ball, corner pocket. I love it. Just calling shots. Yeah. Actually, you know what? <laughs> but but we haven't even lifted the triangle everybody, yet. Eight ball, corner pocket. Everybody, uh, everyone who's listening to this, just get ready because next episode we're going to have Michael Chiklis. Famed star of that one show on ABC and also The Yeah, Fame. of course. That one show. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to even out my, well, my keep... plan. No, Lincoln, I'm not keeping on moving on because my plan <laughs> is to even out the ratio between Herod people and bald people. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. <laughs> I'm going to have to spend a good a good half hour Googling who Michael Chiklis is so we have things to talk about yeah. once he's on. That's okay. I actually have a lot of questions for Michael Chiklis. I can lead that one. <laughs> so uh, Johnny uh, turns on the TV uh, and he types in a phone number individually. Like we still somehow have to in the 21st century. So I guess it got that yeah. right. Using a TV remote to type in individual numbers on a screen. <laughs> And he calls um, Ralphie, who is his kind of, I don't know, coordinator for the information that Johnny Mnemonic has been tasked to carry to and fro. And he talks to talks to him about that he wants some operation. And he says, I want it all back. And this is probably the first frustrating part of this movie to me. Really? That's a bold statement. Is, this is the first time you were <laughs> well, like, oh, I probably shouldn't be watching this. This is the first time I I've, I physically felt frustrated okay. <laughs> because the idea that the information couriers have to sacrifice their childhood memories in order to have this high paying, high profile job yeah. is so it's cool. Very good. That is such a powerful idea. The idea of, of sacrificing your child, sacrificing something deep about your humanity in order to fulfill this kind of uh, this role that's necessitated by by capitalism and and the information economy and the movie really does not care at all about how interesting that idea could potentially <laughs> not be. even slightly i feel like that's a running theme in this movie it's just 
They, it sets up so many interesting concepts, and it is so horny for everything else but those interesting <laughs> concepts. It, it make, yeah, it makes such a point of telling you that it doesn't care yeah. about anything that made the short story, or any sci-fi, for that matter, interesting. It's almost like, okay, it actually makes sense that the same guy wrote both of them, because it's like he wrote the short story and got all his cool, good ideas out, and then he wrote the movie, <laughs> and he was like, I don't know. I don't know. What if they were on a bridge or some shit? It doesn't matter. Like... <laughs> he had too much time they, uh, he could explore too many between, other things yeah 90 minutes was too long <laughs> for this guy Far too long. this is it, this might be the most four hour 90 minute movie i've ever had to watch <laughs> yeah it's a tight 90 like and it takes a year and a half <laughs> so it's crazy. long so long that seems like it, it could potentially be a running theme of this podcast is movies that are shorter they're short but somehow so much longer than you than you want them yeah um so he is johnny is sent to beijing to collect oh we need to establish that there's a virus there's a virus around it's 2021 and there's a new virus and he is sent to beijing where there are protests against uh the government measures against the (laughs) virus which was another oddly specific uh, oddly specific one to get yeah yeah i didn't i didn't love how correct it was about so many things (laughs) he goes to beijing to pick up um, some new information and I don't know about you two but at this point I was like oh it's the cure for the virus that's what it yeah. is I didn't yeah, pick I mean, up on cause... that at all really? no oh, yeah. not at all <laughs> No, because really? I feel like the, the whole virus thing just seems like un- until they brought it up halfway through when the love interest starts convulsing I it's just it, it's like again it, was, it just seemed like something else that wasn't going to apply at all to the story and wasn't going to be interesting <laughs> which is totally i could see well they that certainly happening. got you yeah. <laughs> they tricked you i feel like <laughs> they bombarded you with so much information you had no idea which one was going to be important i feel like that probably was a great viewing or a better viewing experience because at least yeah probably at least for me when yeah link and i i was in the same way like when they said that my my first thought was okay there's no reason for them to randomly introduce this whole virus concept without this being a part of it. <laughs> Preston, what's it like to have the childlike youthful glee of watching movies and not knowing what's coming? You know, now looking back is like, okay, that was kind of stupid of me for not realizing that. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like it wasn't very much of like a reveal or a twist anyways. So I, True. I no, not, not all that satisfying we have a um a little twin fake out i love a twin fake out when he goes into the hotel and it's it's one kid but it's actually two kids gotcha a twin fake out (laughs) (laughs) i don't really know why that was in it i like the shot of the aquarium oh yeah i I thought that was i wrote a thing i wrote i wrote globe aquarium no no further details it was just like that's cool i want one a a fishbowl if you will but it's like two fishbowls one on top of the other yeah yeah, one of them's upside yeah. down. Right. How confusing. Or just one fishbowl and the whole thing's upside down. I thought it was a full sphere. I think it's just a, oh, maybe I think it's it was. Just a sphere. Yeah. Oh, well, stop the podcast. <laughs> Let's go back and watch a movie again. <laughs> oh, That's got to no, be confusing no, no, no. for fish, right? Like, because <laughs> like, if well, it has. They're on the earth. The earth is a sphere. If it has, well, yeah, but it's a big sphere, Lincoln. <laughs> this is a little sphere, almost the size of their bodies. <laughs> If it has straight walls, I feel like fish could understand that there's like 
hey, I hit that wall and that wall is always going to be there. But if it were me, like spheres confuse me all the time. I feel like if I... <laughs> you just walk a into fish, a circular room like, and just keep walking in circles. There's a joke about that. <laughs> yeah, sure. like a turkey. Do you, do you go late... Do you like arrive late to school or to work? I mean, and you're like, they're like, why? And you're like, oh, I caught my own head in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just so fascinated by its spherical nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just like show up to a roundabout and just keep driving in circles because there's no corners. Guys, it's not circles. It's Where do I exit? <laughs> circles that I would have a problem. All I'm saying is if I was a fish and there was just an invisible sphere, you know what? If I was a human being like I am currently and I was just in a, um, an invisible sphere, I would be very confused about where the boundaries of my existence are. <laughs> I really, really hate to break the news to you about the fact that you do live in an invisible no, sphere. No, Lincoln, no. <laughs> I am so sorry. And actually, you know what? Yes, and my I'm very confused about my boundaries. <laughs> I don't know how high I can jump. That's why I don't do it very far. <laughs> You're really suspicious about planes, like, <laughs> like how do they get back down? How do they know? How do they know where the ground is? Is there like a door? Can we appreciate into the sphere? That this is not only is this the least interesting, you know, part of this movie. It's not even the most interesting, <laughs> like, fish tank water container that's in this movie. And yet, <laughs> this is what we're talking about. <laughs> Wait, what's the other water container? What are what's you talking about? The dolphin, right? Oh, the, the dolphin, yeah. of course, yeah. Oh, we'll get to the dolphin. All I'm saying uh, is Keanu- if, if I was in <laughs> physical sphere that I could move in any axis, okay? X, Y, whatever the other ones are. If I could move in any of the axes and I just randomly hit a wall at any given time, I would have some questions about where I'm allowed to go. <laughs> And I probably would have. I see. I see your point. I would point, have. Thank Jonathan. you, Lincoln. I would have trust issues. <laughs> Sorry that we've been acting like really crafty genies, just <laughs> twisting your words <laughs> against you. There's a lot of work, but I'm glad that we're all on the same page. Uh, Keanu walks through the lobby with the aforementioned <laughs> fish tank in it. My only point it, is uh, that if I was in, <laughs> <laughs> and he goes into the elevator, and the fish tank is no longer in okay, view. Thank you. <laughs> Okay. And he uh, he takes a little plug and he puts it in his brain, very much like he he will do in another four years. And he, he uses a memory double that gives him from 80 <laughs> gigabytes of data to a cool 160. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't have anything else to say about that except like literally my phone is more data than yeah, that. Yeah, I like, I like that that could barely hold the, the, ps5 spider-man 2 game like it's it's a little touch and go on whether or not it would have enough capacity for that game 160 though i do not understand how the information that he ends up carrying could possibly be 160 gigabytes it's like a whole bunch of text files and documents yeah, and stuff. but they're probably locked up real good and as i started saying oh, that sentence like i encryption. realized i don't know anything about file types or sizes encryption takes a lot of data oh that actually is true. yes what? <laughs> Up, everybody! I said a good, smart thing. I did it. Good job, John. We're so proud of you. Yeah, really, Thanks. really heavily encrypted data is is a much higher bit rate. Like um, HDMI. One of the reasons why you have to have so many connectors on the HDMI is to transmit encoded data. You can transmit 4K data over a single cable, a single line. 
but you can't transmit that with encryption. Wow. You know what's the most amazing about that to me is that you somehow memorized word for word the opening crawl, I assume, because I was paying <laughs> the same amount of attention to what you just said. <laughs> I mean, that's what I remember. I don't uh, remember reading s- most of it from all the flashing lights and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we see a beautiful um, flash animation skyline. <laughs> yes, we do. Which really looked like it was drawn by a third grader and they just kept it in some for some reason and it's the only one in the movie right which i'm very con- like what was their purpose in doing this just once there wasn't all i can think is that maybe because isn't there a rule with theaters that if you get past a certain point they don't allow you to get a refund without like <laughs> harassing a manager so maybe they were just like let's put some yeah. interesting shit at the beginning of this movie and then eventually you can't get your money back sorry keanu goes to a hotel room where he meets a bunch of dorky scientists and he um they emphasize a lot that is it it is extremely dangerous to have this much data in his brain i don't have any (laughs) i don't have anything i don't have enough commentary i just i just have the plot written well so they they make a big deal that his memory implant is not going to be enough storage and that somehow having yeah, yeah, yeah. all of this data in his brain is going to kill him. And that's why he needs to get it out. Mm-hmm. Versus the far more interesting premise of, hey, I want to get this data out so I can get, you know, my like childhood memories back in. Yeah. Back. Yeah, you know what? That is a much more <laughs> like, interesting premise. It would have been more like interesting is- and like humanizing. I don't want to say like realistic, but like. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I think I know what you mean. Like, uh, coherent within the universe of the yes, story. Yes, thank you. Like, cohesive. Right. Yeah, that would gel with the narrative. No, Preston, the problem is that would be interesting. Right, right. The problem well, is that would well, be compelling. Right, and, and you know, I, I feel like that's a fairly common thing that we end up discussing with all of these movies is, <laughs> hey, here's this actually interesting storyline yeah. that never gets fully explored that would have made a far better movie. That's true. We do talk about what if this movie was compelling quite a bit. This one, I think especially really, there are so many seeds of an interesting story to be told and really interesting things that you can do with the frame and with special effects. Oh, yeah. But I I would actually say it seems ripe to be remade. And I bet you could have Keanu in it again. I would love it if you had Keanu in it. And I already know who should direct it. And it's Gareth Edwards who made the, the creator. I think... Oh, that would be perfect. I think he could sell this world beautifully. I think he could. I think he could. I would love leaning into the giving up your childhood for the access to memories. That's excellent. I would lean into the like giant disparity between the luxury of the upper class and the, and the kind of down, you know, build it yourself kind of culture of the low Mm, tech. For sure. I feel like the only thing, the only thing if they remake this movie that they can't lose is the sort of implication that on every uh, file holding every storage device, it's going to say, when you put too much stuff in the storage for it to store, it's going to say, we can't do that. It's going to be dangerous. And if you find the secret button that just says, nah, please do it anyway, it'll be like, cool, cool, cool. I got you, bro. <laughs> that feels important to me. There's no limit to storage anymore. No. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's this world. He, um, he sits down. He pulls out a mini disc. Which, love seeing a good mini-disc in the wild these days. (laughs) Um, And there's a, there's a, there's a cool dolly zoom. Another, another genuine moment of, of artistry in this, in this terrible movie. 
And we enter into funky internet animation territory. Yeah, Spy Kids Town. We're, Spy Kids Town. <laughs> I would like, I wrote down a quote from the short story because uh, the short story has a pretty detailed description of what it's like to recite or receive the information. And the quote is, uh, going into idiot slash savant mode is never as dramatic as I expect. <laughs> as this movie took this idea and just said, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's as dramatic as you de- as you were prepared for it to be. It's about just as dramatic as you as you'd expect. So he gets he gets chucked, if I may use the verb. Uh, chuck from the show, chucked. <laughs> chuck from the show, chuck. <laughs> and uh, he get he gets given the information in in the most nineties way possible. Yeah, I saw that disc, and I for just a second I was like, oh, okay, interesting. They're creating some sort of alternate future where like physical media is still important and, and a presence. And then I remembered that that was just a thing and that they didn't, they like, I don't, I don't think they could comprehend the concept of not using a little disc, which I think is very cute. <laughs> no, they couldn't, they couldn't, which is the kind of another funny reference. Um, Keanu, not Keanu, I guess. Yes. Keanu, he gives someone a mini disc at the beginning of the matrix. That's the file that he gives them. Oh. And then he gets warned about the white rabbit. That's right. So again, <laughs> there's a there's a bunch of dramatic music. I mentioned Blade Runner, Preston, so I'm glad that you already also mentioned it. This movie is like if someone looked at Blade Runner and was like, "Oh, I could do that." Yeah. I think whoever came up with the the visual aesthetic for this movie once again watched the third Mad Max and Blade Runner tripping on acid and that's yeah. how they designed <laughs> this movie he was talking to his production yeah. crew he was talking to the producers and he was like okay we're gonna make it look like blade runner and they're like you realize this movie has no budget for like cityscapes <laughs> or miniatures or or really complicated uh you know effects work or keying work or anything and he goes oh that's fine that's totally fine <laughs> good thing they didn't use any of <laughs> that in blade runner <laughs> <laughs> He was like, oh, Blade Runner, they didn't use... Wait, they use miniatures in Blade Runner? Uh, yeah. Well, can we use just, like, a drawing? What? Yeah, a drawing. I'm a, I'm a drawer. I know, I'm an I know how to do a drawing. Can I make that for the movie? Can I make that? And they're like, I, I guess. <laughs> I have a note here that I feel like is on theme. I wrote uh, that in a cosmic balance sort of sense, I feel like the existence of this movie justifies Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> like this is his life's work is to slowly undo the damage that Johnny Mnemonic has Pretty done much. to the world. Yeah. <laughs> like for every every Just, good there is a bad, and for every Johnny Mnemonic there is a Denis Villeneuve. I like the idea that there's it's one ninety minute movie, and an entire director's filmography <laughs> is devoted. I, to, I would to making up for it. I would say that all of his films up to this point combined, if you watch them back to back to back, would actually fly faster than this movie. No, I <laughs> yeah, I had Dune and then 2049 were two movies that I thought of when I was I was thinking of how many three or four hour movies I could watch that would feel shorter than this one. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. I think the uh, story and the movie both have an element of greasiness and griminess that I don't I've never seen Denis Villeneuve make a movie that has any grease on the walls. 
I'm just trying. I'm oh. trying to think if I agree with that. <laughs> the other two are just staring into space, running through everything. Well, okay, movie, all right. I don't disagree with you. So but here's I think the he thing. Could do it. Lincoln, Lincoln does this thing um, that we call Lincolning, um, <laughs> where he he comes up with a point, and before thinking about whether or not he actually thinks that that's true, he'll just say it as if it is, and then no matter what you say, he won't disagree with himself. So every time he makes a bold claim, I have to think through my Rolodex of information to go, is this a real smart thing that Lincoln said? Or did he just say something stupid that he thinks is right? Because if it's a smart thing, it's just pure dumb luck. It's not like I thought about it any longer. Right. The same thought process went into it. No, I, I don't disagree with that. Wow, this is crazy. So, well, <laughs> hang on, hang on. I don't disagree first? with you, Lincoln. However, I think that if he decided to, he could handle putting some grease in a movie. He could grease it up a I mean, little I bit. think he can better than freaking Johnny Longo. <laughs> I, we're talking about a real, actual director who has directed more than one single movie in his life. <laughs> That's fair. That's very I can't fair. Believe it. I can't believe his, his name is Longo. <laughs> Guys, Johnny Longo on set. <laughs> so what happens we, next, um, Lincoln? Keanu stores too much thing? data in his brain. He stores too much data in his little brain, and he goes to the bathroom and his nose is bleeding, which is bad in movies. <laughs> if you're in a movie and your nose is bleeding, <laughs> it's bad it's news. not good. And then he does, he does an amazing tai chi relaxation square <laughs> yeah that i am absolutely convinced nobody told him to do <laughs> and never I think keanu just, again for just the brought that on set i think he just i think he had it already i think he had it in him i think he did that every time they right before they started a take he did that and they went you know what let's just start a take and and then tell him we started so that he does this square in front it was of his like method that. of I calming also... down after hearing whatever batshit crazy idea longo had yeah he's, he's just like under his breath they had to cut it out but under the, under his breath you just hear fucking longo well they did I, they just put a camera in the bathroom and and he just he just did it all they they saw him doing it in the bathroom oh, yeah. all on his own and they said hey that might be cool in this movie and yeah because he had a really bad nosebleed <laughs> because he was storing too much data in his brain yeah. They gave, they gave him too many pages of script to memorize <laughs> and his nose started bleeding. And he was like, I gotta go, I gotta go do my Tai Chi. Yeah, you notice they never show that bathroom in the same, like in the same shot that they show the rest of the hotel room. It's true. So, there you go. I actually, now that I said that, that was another Lincoln. I think they, they actually do show that. Because he goes, because he leaves the bathroom, for the sake goes of the back in the bathroom, hides to wait for the dude, beats the dude up. Oh, that's right. And then leaves the bathroom again. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. fell for it. I'm so ashamed. That it was kind You're of fun. That part was kind John of fun. Bon. No, yeah, I got, I got done linked. <laughs> In the the book mentions, not the book, the story mentions that the Yakuza assassin, who there's only one of in the story, um, has a prosthetic thumb. And then from the thumb, the thumb opens up and there's a really thin, extra strong wire that he can use to to cut people like a, like a garrot. Uh, in this movie, it's magic glowing lightsaber wire. Which I... Which actually, I'm I was going to say, I think that's actually an improvement. <laughs> Maybe the only one. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's awesome. It's amazing. We go into Keanu is waiting in the bathroom while the Yakuza come in and just absolutely wreck everybody. Then 
someone comes into the bathroom to try to assassinate him and we see Keanu as a as an actual action actor and he's good in this and he's been good this whole time yeah he hones his craft a little I would say by the time he gets to John, yeah, he gets better, John Wick <laughs> but he, it's really not bad <laughs> for for a for an action scene with absolutely no drama at all he's really he's really pulling his weight yeah here. shot like an NBC documentary like it's <laughs> <laughs> like a peacock original this, it's yeah, not a well-funded documentary no. i do feel okay i feel like this movie the, my biggest gripe and this is the least intelligent gripe you could have but i feel like the one thing that this movie needed to go from exactly what it is now to like a movie that i would watch again is if it was not as it is currently which is die hard rated r but if it were RoboCop rated R, where people are just getting splattered across the walls, like just nasty, gross, gory, just destruction. That would have made this movie mm-hmm. so much better to me. I, I totally agree. There, there's a sense that this movie felt like it was made for TV. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like there's this really strong sense that they're like refraining from showing anything that wouldn't be shown at nine <laughs> o'clock on, on NBC. Yeah. Uh, Keanu takes down the guy who infiltrates the, ba- the bathroom and he says, next time... Oh, no, wait, I got to do a, a Keanu impression. Next time, knock, Baldy. <laughs> uh, it is very good. And it's excellent. Very good Keanu catchphrase. Not his best Keanu. line in the movie, but we'll get to that. Oh, do you have one? Oh, I'm oh so I definitely have one. <laughs> one that I will be introducing he- into my regular vernacular. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> I wonder if I have mine written down. I'm really disappointed. He uh, puts on a little that wig. He never said, "I'm such a technical boy." Oh, tell me I know, about it. Like, such a good line from the book. It's the not. Story author had the opportunity. <laughs> he wrote the screenplay. He had the opportunity to say, "Hey, I want this line in here," and he didn't put it in. Well, I think the the real problem with that is. Johnny Mnemonic in the short story is an entirely different person than Johnny Mnemonic from the movie. Yeah, they yeah, really constantined him. They took him from an interesting character with unique traits and made him just a guy, <laughs> some guy who's a guy. So generic. Like Johnny Mnemonic in the short story is not a there's no glamour in his life at all. He's a he's a very practical thinking kind of person. He's very um he doesn't live the high life because of his job. He doesn't think of himself as a as a as an agent or a courier or anything. Yeah. He does think of himself as yeah, a technical has this, boy though. <laughs> As a technical boy, I'm a technical but it, boy. it kind of embodies that very sardonic, <laughs> very um, kind of dry, Woo-hoo! cynical perspective. Actually, like can we do be do be just one small quick favor and say that line. Yeah. No, no, wait, 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 say wait, 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 wait. Before you say it, can I didn't even hear? Can it. you say it the way you read it, and then Preston and I will say it the way we read it? Yes, yes. This is exactly. Are you what talking I about? Wanted. I'm a very technical boy. Yeah, yeah. Say that <laughs> one more time. Okay, wait, I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna go to the short story oh, and read go. it in context. Here we go. I'm, ex- I'm good. Uh, if they think you're crude, go technical. If they think you're technical, crude. I'm a very technical <laughs> boy. Uh, no, I didn't like that. I didn't like it either. <laughs> Try again. I'm a very technical boy. I didn't like that either. I keep, More just uh, keep, whimsy in it. Put just some whimsy back to back it. until, until you feel good about it. <laughs> just, just say it over and over. Because I've got it running in my head exactly how I heard it. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep going trial and error until, until I match you fi- it? Not until, no, no, no. Yeah, until, you, until you're happy with it. I don't have to be. Oh, okay. Until I'm happy. I'm a very technical boy. No, it's too, that's too serious. <laughs> I'm a very technical boy. 
Okay, I'm close. I'm right, getting closer. It in. I'm a very technical boy. I think that was there. That I'm was settling. good. You're good with that. All right. Folding. Good. <laughs> Preston, would you like to, or do you want me to? Uh, go for it. Okay, and then you will. Just to be clear, I just yep. it's order. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm a very technical boy. <laughs> that's how you. Write yeah. It. <laughs> oh, okay. Just okay. to be clear, that's <laughs> not his voice for the rest of it. It's like if if they if they want cl- like smart, go technical or whatever. He he talks like a normal guy, and then he. I'm a very technical boy. <laughs> Preston, actually, I will say when I read I'm a very technical boy, I thought, <laughs> like I thought, not in the voice that Jonathan's talking about, but I thought about that's the kind of thing that you would say. Like, I imagine you doing what the person in the story does, which is like building their own gun from scratch. <laughs> which is really <laughs> and, funny and thinking, because yeah, I also imagine a technical you boy. saying that. <laughs> I don't know. If I could be the tiebreaker, I also thought of Preston because he is our resident <laughs> rocket raccoon. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, Preston. What's your read? What's your read? I'm a very technical boy. <laughs> See, I like that. I think that's a good read because it. I think the character is being kind of sarcastic when he's saying it, and very much in a in a like fourth wall break. Dare I say yeah, Deadpool esque? Yeah, yeah. I'm a very good. technical boy. I love this story. I love this short story, and I hate this movie so much. <laughs> So here, I, I have a question for you because Lincoln, you hadn't seen this movie no. until like you proposed it to until us. Until I made you guys also watch it. So, so I have two yeah. questions. Number one, how did you discover the short story? Number two, how did you discover that there was a movie attached to this short story? And number three, how? What were your feelings about this movie? Like being introduced the, to it from one, the short story. And and okay, number yeah. four, what the hell, Lincoln? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, number one, I actually heard it as a movie. I learned about it as a movie first because I was in a class and the professor was telling us the difference between modernism and postmodernism. And he had the same exact taste in movies that we do. I've, I am discovering as I take this class. He mentioned that there's a movie called Slother House about a sloth that goes on a killing rampage Boys, and told us that it was, quote, very it's good. It's tremendous. <laughs> and so I, I kind of, I don't know how to ask him to be on this podcast, <laughs> but I think he has the exact same taste in movies that we do. So yeah, I heard about it as a movie. Um, then I discovered it was actually a short story and I Googled Johnny Mnemonic short story and I clicked on the first result and it was a PDF of the story and I read it and I was like, this is awesome. This is really cool. I like this. And then I read about the movie. I saw Keanu's beautiful face on the cover of it. And I thought, I just know that this is going to be perfect for this podcast. I just know it. And so I, I took a leap of faith. I bought the DVD on eBay. I read the short story and then I made you guys watch it. <laughs> and you know credit and then oh fifth question what the hell <laughs> yeah and then and now what the hell <laughs> uh all i have to say is you're welcome <laughs> yeah to be fair Lincoln, not- you you were dead on like this was a, yeah. an, a, a very terrible movie that that fits with the vibe that we are looking for for this podcast <laughs> like, I, this I, really I hate it. to say yeah, it but so- good work <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know you hate to say it so it really does mean <laughs> I know this is your one compliment. We have for gone the next... for forty minutes, and we're literally eight minutes into this movie. Oh yeah, we gotta we gotta power through. Ooh, do we have to? We gotta go. Uh, can we, like can we use our... John's yes. tech? Can we just like skip the end? 
save ourselves a lot of time. Well, actually, we can. We can. <laughs> I'll kind of skip through a little bit, and then we can we could just say our points as okay, we go. Okay, that sounds good. So Johnny gets the information. He goes to the free city of Newark, which looks exactly as it did in the 90s. There's a bunch of low techs that are there. Oh, low techs are like this underground movement. In the story, they're just kind of this subculture. They're just people who live in a place. And in this movie, they're like a full-on resistance movement against the, um, you know, techno technocracy. Oh yeah, that's a big word. Yes, John, <laughs> you were <would> that. <laughs> um, so I I do have a note on this just because we we went from I don't remember what city we were in, but it was somewhere in China, I think, maybe Beijing, um, Shanghai. What was it, Shanghai? Oh no, Beijing. Okay, Beijing. Okay. Beijing. It was Beijing. So you're right, you're right. We went to, from Beijing to Newark, and my my exact note was. Did we run out of money or are we making a point about the U.S. system? Because one of them <laughs> looks so interesting and cool and futuristic. Not great looking, but cool and interesting. And the other does just look like Newark. Like it's just, it's just a place. Yeah, they didn't do any. Not at they didn't, all. They didn't do any. They didn't do any rotoscoping over a still photo of the skyline with us. No. One. We uh, cut to a club in the future. You can tell it's a club in the future because there's 90s rock music playing and also an opera uh-huh. singer. And fancy little drinks. And fancy little drinks and fancy little costumes. And we meet not Molly Millions. We meet someone named... Jane. I don't... Where's her name? Where's her name? Jane. Jane. We meet Jane. Jane Billions. And this is another... Jane Billions. Well, I would say Jane thousands. Jane, Jane many, many hundreds. <laughs> we are in order of magnitude lower than, than Molly Millions. So, John, you did get to describing to, to Molly Millions, right? Yeah. The character. Yeah, yeah. Who is awesome. Who is so cool. Yeah, for sure. Who has uh, sunglasses grafted to her eyes. She's got razor-sharp fingernails that can retract she wears nondescript clothing, but she could just absolutely wreck you. And she's the true protagonist of the yeah. story. Like, even though it's told from Johnny's perspective, it's actually about Molly's growth and, and ascension in within the low techs. But no, we get Jane. And Jane wants so bad to be a bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> it's her dream. It's her dream. And she's and, just uh, as cool. And she's, oh, she's just as cool. She's got... Well, well, the coolest sometimes she's got chain. She mail. has hair. She has hair. She fights those very was, androgynous um, other bodyguards. Sort of. She was available for the time that they were filming this movie. <laughs> she <laughs> said yes to the pay rate, which was probably pretty her low. Agent, <laughs> her agent got her this job. <laughs> um, yeah. The bodyguards you're talking about are the magnetic dog sisters. Yeah who I got to admit, I imagined as a lot more fun in the book, in the story than I did, than I did when I actually saw them. I don't see how they could be more fun. <laughs> when did fifth element come out? That's a good question. Because both of those, the magnet, both the magnetic dog sisters really feel like they would have just fit right into the, to the fifth element. Verse. Are you, uh, this is, you know, you're on thin ice. Are you suggesting to me that the fifth element is, less exciting than this general movie no i'm saying that that these characters don't fit in this universe but they would fit better in a different okay, universe good. it was close uh 97 wow 97 oh so it, it was it was this was before by two years which yeah. is incredibly sad because that is a markedly better movie <laughs> like it's not even close so we're introduced to jane 
She is everything that Molly Millions isn't. <laughs> Which is to say, not interesting, <laughs> not compelling, not fun to right. watch on screen. Yeah. Johnny then goes to a place that I guess he thinks he's supposed to go to, and they are like, time to die. And he goes, time. And then he hits his watch, and a door blows up. <laughs> Which is also when we get to see the beginning of Ice T, the actor. Yeah. Who I. This is another me just putting my cards on the table. 100% the best performance of the whole oh, movie. he's got something. 100%. Yeah, anytime he's on screen, I was watching. I was in it. And uh, in this scene, he uh, he's attacked. He blows up the door, and then some guys try to attack him, and they shoot, they shoot someone up in the rafter, and the guy falls down. And then the guys are about to attack tackle keanu reeves and then there's this like musical hit and then a, then the ice tea tackles them <laughs> and it's the the musical cue lines up so well with the <laughs> with the action that i have a question for you guys and do you think that there was a cut of this movie that was a comedy uh i'm gonna say i think that there was a cut of this movie that longo thought was a comedy <laughs> <laughs> Because this is the this is the first time that I began to suspect this is almost a comedy, and I my suspicion kept growing as the movie went on. <laughs> that it that it actually was a comedy, and the uh, the editors are trying to hide that fact. They're trying to me. be like, no, it's cool, dude. There's not a lot of that interesting of stuff that happens. We kind of get to the point where the actual short story starts, um, which is where Keanu, where uh, Johnny meets with ralphie to exchange the information and then we split right back away and we're no longer in time yeah. with what the story happens yeah we just get pepperings of little like oh this could be oh no okay oh maybe we're gonna no, oh, no, no we're not gonna okay jane climbs through the vents and saves johnny because he's been captured you know what's exciting the- is i i watched this within the last well we've been recording for about an hour so within the last four hours three or four hours um I don't know what happens between this, what you just said, and right about near the end of the movie. <laughs> so just like the story that you read. Yeah, the it was, I had middle, the, the exact same, same experience. Exact. <laughs> the only thing in the middle is where we get a cool, another cool VR scene. Oh, we got to get to that scene. And Let's get to it that's right about the now. I have only interesting bit. One in quick middle. note. The Matrix is literally a better, a better adaptation of Johnny Mnemonic than the movie Johnny For Mnemonic. Sure. <laughs> Somewhere in here, okay. I wrote we, that um, it took an hour to get where we could have gotten in 30 minutes. It's almost like this should have been a short story. This could have been a 20-minute <laughs> short film. It could have been. <laughs> uh, they walk through a sewer. They break into a computer shop and he starts rattling off equipment and he says i need a pair of iphones he says iphone now uh, and then what's revealed later he's talking about vr goggles as in like earphones iPhones. oh is that what that is oh that makes i think so i think that's what he meant and then he navigates through the metaverse (laughs) in his virtual world and i wish every day that that's what the internet was like right now just just bits and bites flowing in a, in a giant cityscape that I can navigate with my hands. No, it's, it like kind of sounds like he wants Tron, but it looks like dog shit is what mm. he wants. Got it. Yeah. So I want the original. <laughs> Tron. <laughs> None of that legacy no. shit. 
I want rotos- I want my internet to be rotoscoped over a over a cheap thirty five millimeter <laughs> frame. <laughs> um, you see that this is exactly the kind of universe that Tech Bros thought would be awesome, and you realize in this in this single breath that every single Tech Bro that cares about virtual reality didn't get it. Didn't get didn't get how this world is supposed to be a dystopia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's visited by a mysterious digital woman, a ghost in the machine. Uh, he he threatens some guy who we never hear about, and he goes, "I could crash you, I could crash you from here, man." And he holds up his hands like cyber claws, and I, I have no idea what he meant. <laughs> I don't know what he meant. Well, then there's the whole. Does it matter? They put a virus on us, man. There's a virus. There's a virus. I could crash you from here. Oh, and then the uh, yakuza are anxious to get a hold of this, and we it's revealed that they're actually the company that um. What is it? Pharmacom? Yeah. <laughs> Gener- Genericorp? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Genericorp has a... Uh, they want to get their... They're hiring the Yakuza to get... <laughs> oh, Preston just got <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm glad you double-dipped on that one, Lincoln. Although, Lincoln, there is, there is a... Um, actually, in the opening title crawl, believe it or not, they actually mention that the corporations hire the Yakuza to do all their dirty work. We see, so yeah, so we see Genericorp hires um, a priest oh. with a knife that is a crucifix. Oh, you mean... John, I assume you are way I'm into so, this. I'm so, I'm as far into this <laughs> as a human being could be. Because that's Dolph Lundgren, Lundgren, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, it's Dolph Lundgren. That is the best character. It, the My favorite, just like, I don't, I, I, why are we doing any of it? It's so beautiful. <laughs> This is the second moment that I thought this is a comedy. It has to be like the crucifix and then the pan down and it's a knife. It's like, this is this like just regular funny. That's just like an actual joke. It's so good. And this is, and when we get cyber Jesus versus current Jesus, like the fight later, it's so good. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. The fact that the fact that the priest only kills people with nails. Yeah. Oh, he he has to crucify everybody. It is unacceptable to me that this guy doesn't have a spinoff. It's it's another frustrating moment because you're like, this movie's making jokes that are funny. (laughs) I'm laughing with this movie. Why do I have to spend the rest of the time laughing (laughs) at it? Like this. Well, he has this whole fun speech when he gets introduced of says something like, like, oh, where do these lost people need to send straight to God? And I know it's so good. It's like. It's so good. It's so much more cool. Another, another concept that this movie is like, can you imagine if that happened? And we're like, oh, that's interesting. And they're like, ha, fuck you. We're not going to talk about that Stop ever it. again. Stop imagining it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> so, uh, so after this moment, it's revealed that Jane has uh, nerve attenuation syndrome. Which can I just request that we call that Johnny pneumonia from now on? <laughs> <laughs> Johnny pneumonia. Oh, episode hey. title. <laughs> hey, it's rare that we land land on one in an actual. Very episode. rare. <laughs> yeah, so he, she uh, she has Johnny pneumonia, and um, they go to see Spider. Nothing really interested ha- interesting happens in in it except he says that the cause of the disease is all the electronics <laughs> around me, which is what my uh, grandparents think <laughs> about the current <laughs> the current plague, <laughs> but. Well, I mean, your granddad is Richard Longo or whatever his name was. <laughs> he produces beautiful drawings for us all the time. We go to a train station turned hospital. Another frustratingly interesting 100%. idea that is not explored at all. 
Uh, this is the time that the camera decides to spin around uh, a la Michael Bay <laughs> for about <laughs> a minute and a half and then stops. <laughs> Thoughts about this. Oh, this is when it's actually revealed that he has a cure for uh, Johnny pneumonia. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I find that sort of got me because like the whole thing is like this is super secure. He, the, his whole purpose as a courier is that this is super secure and that, you know, there's like three frames of a movie is the only way to unlock. And this doctor just starts like digging around in his brain. She goes, oh, hey, guess what? This is what it is. That, that just seems sort of. Oh, wait, I was trying to press. As you were saying that I was trying to remember how they knew it's because the message was intended for them. That's why. Oh, that's right. They, they knew that's what they were supposed that's, to be getting. Okay. That's right. Because remember, he 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 plugs a phone module into a phone booth and calls a bunch of people and like figures out. No, that's when he's doing cyber techno that's hacking. Right, that's right. He figures out like the name of a doctor. That was who he was supposed to go to. Yeah. So so he that's kind of a weird twist. Also very strange that Spider didn't tell him before. Now, why would he? That oh, you're the courier. You're actually who we're looking for. They mention uh, that they're going to go see Jones, and that is when I started just stomping my feet in anticipation to see Jones. <laughs> I love Jones. <laughs> I just love him. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. I, when they said Jones, I was like, they're not going to. They won't. They're not going to do it. I wanted so bad. I wanted it so bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, we better see Jones. But they just made we better Jones, see Jones totally uncool and uninteresting and like took away all of the That's, we'll get to it wait preston oh. stop 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 sorry, we'll get into it sorry, sorry. <laughs> how how dare you have an opinion preston at the wrong time how sorry. dare i try to move this thing well, along I'm... to an interesting part of this movie how dare i well i want to introduce jones at the proper oh, time well bad. preston is jonesing for a jonesing clearly <laughs> well lincoln good thing you're a bad editor and you can just chop all this out like it doesn't even matter yeah you could just take me out i'll give a shit it's fine <laughs> oh it's fine, fine. <laughs> Preston, let's take a moment and just acknowledge that you are the most valuable part of this podcast <laughs> you are the yeah. only reason the other two of us are funny That's true. it's because we're trying to make you uncomfortable <laughs> That's a factor for sure this is true this is true well and if i wasn't here john couldn't gang up on you quite as much because then it would just be mean versus with the two that of is, us. It's, yeah, it's it would just be bullying because that is also <laughs> true comedy. Well, the reason I wanted to stop before we get to Jones is that they uh, they arrive at the low tech home base, which is built on a bridge, which is also a very cool idea. Very cool location. Would have been fun to, you know, see it. Um, and we have these two low tech guards that are just little, little giggle bugs <laughs> And they giggle so hard at, at, at Johnny Mnemonic calling for them to let them let him into the low tech uh, home base, <laughs> and they decide to drop a car on Spider's van. Uh, Spider has he drove them to the train station in a van, and they then Spider gets killed by the bad priest man, and they've driven the van to the low tech household. After which point, they drop a car <laughs> on the empty on the now empty van. And the reason I, I establish all this is that Ice-T comes out. He finally realizes, and they go, he goes, where's Spider? And they go, Spider's dead. And he looks at the van. <laughs> and they go, no, he Stop. died earlier. No, 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 before this. And I was like, I was like, damn it, you got me again, movie. That was funny. I like that moment. And I, I forget that Keanu has, first off, before we keep going, the little guard's not letting them up. 
hilarious to me because we've already established that Jane like used to be like used to run with the low techs. So instead of her just like mm-hmm. calling up the secret password or whatever, instead we get to hear Keanu go on his little temper tantrum. His his very um discount Jim Carrey temper tantrum. Carrey. I think I'm pretty sure that we're talking about where the best line in the movie is. I'm pretty oh. sure. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. There's, there's a lot of good moments, but it, it, this might be later, so I could be wrong. Um, but um, uh, the only line, the only moment that made me audibly full blown laugh out loud is when he stands up and he opens his arms all wide and he screams, I want room service. <laughs> best, the yes, best line yes, in the movie. Exactly. This is a, something I will be incorporating into my daily life. I love it. How would we have felt if Jim Carrey really was in this role? I could see it. I think he would have done a much, much better job. Well, then this movie would have actually been a comedy. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it would have just been a comedy. And I think it... That's so much of it actually works as a comedy. There's so many places that I'm convinced they were actually trying to make us laugh. But then how how would we Um, get the, the deep cultural analysis of sometimes people are bad sometimes which brings us to jones Mm -hmm. (laughs) really that's seriously we're we're jones that's the segue you're gonna use (laughs) that's the segue i could have think about the fact that i could have done this this whole time and i chose not to (laughs) i could have just said which brings us to jones and i didn't (laughs) you said it earlier i I thought you had like a whole build up like a whole introductory thing and I just want to talk about how I'm so sad that little Jones is in such a small tank. I feel bad for the guy. It could be worse. He could be in a sphere. (laughs) I I actually think a dolphin would have had more fun in this. I think they would be equally confused as a fish might be. Jones is horrifying. In what way? He's just in in a, in a very like in your gut Mm. when you see this little dolphin with a, with a techno, gear and he doesn't have one of his eyes and it's all metal and then you hear a dolphin noise oh yeah which i was not prepared for emotionally for sure. to hear a dolphin noise i was so i was so my notes are all so excited about jones and then i actually see him and i feel i just am so <laughs> sad about little jones in his little tank you're not wrong they i think they really did it what oh no conti- no sorry continue Say what you're going to say so I can disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I was I was going to say I think they did do a good job of making him feel really uh disconcerting and unsettling in a way that like you're supposed to kind of feel that this is something very very wrong with the world is a world that would produce a cybernetic dolphin. Um which I I think they I'm glad they didn't I don't know. Maybe I'm not glad they didn't go for comedy because it is kind of funny up until then. And then you're like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> this is just animal cruelty. Yeah, it's just actively sad at that. It should be. It should feel Hitchhiker's Guide-ish. And instead, it's just like, like I kind of see what Pete is talking about. Yeah, yeah. John, uh, Preston, what were you going to say? I, I redact my previous statement because I do agree with you. That being said. <laughs> oh, no. And it is Twinkie Talk first. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tweaky talk second wow. both times think, this episode i think it was jones i think i think they could have done i don't want to say like make him more unsettling but like 
given him a more active, like personal personified role in the actual hacking. Like correct me if I'm I do, wrong. I do like in the short but story. I think he just sort of like, I agree with you. I like that in the story, how he actually has a little bit exactly. of agency. Yeah. Like, like they have to get, he has to like consent to do this. He's, they got to like get him on board with this. Whereas this one, he feels more like a plot yeah, mechanic. Definitely. It's like, Hey, which makes it even sadder that he's in such a small tank. Right. But I think is like, Hey, here's this dolphin. That's like basically a computer more than, mm-hmm. you know, here's this, I don't know. Um, also felt like, like in the, in the story he's got, I think it's a heroin addiction. Um, he's got a heroin addiction. I, I, this sounds so weird, but like, I feel like that was like a, a really interesting point in the story that doesn't get, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a good moment. Yeah. It's a moment of weird stillness in the story where they have to kind of confront this terrible, this kind of their history of their world kind of confronts them all in a, all in one yeah. moment with this dolphin, which is why I was so excited to, to see it. I really should have known better. <laughs> I just wish they talked about the dolphin's divorce. That would have really sold the deal for me. <laughs> oh, we missed we missed uh, the opportunity so, for a dolphin v. Dolph Lundgren, which would have been very good. Yeah, oh, we wait, did. No. We did. Very strange that both are in the same movie. No, no, no it, it does happen. You get dolphin v. Dolph Lundgren. He zaps him with his with his uh, with his I don't know psychic blast. Whatever that <laughs> oh, is. That's yeah. Right. There's not a killing floor in this movie, which just so sad. Keanu puts on a headset which is a very cool looking headset, I will say. And he enters the Digiverse for a second and then he has to leave again because the whole base is getting attacked by the Yakuza. Really, really hankering for a, for a killing, blo- uh, killing floor at this stage. Like, what a, what a missed opportunity. This would have been so cool. I just really, I really want to yeah, see I, one. I also had a I see it in my mind. I want to see it in real life. killing floor. <laughs> would have been so cool. Like, I don't understand how you write that and don't, think that it would be good in a movie i also knew what the killing floor was when i watched this so that's good <laughs> so you, john you had a better experience because you weren't promised to honestly you weren't promised that i did scene. the concept of a killing floor that is the same as like also there's a cupcake that eats people like both of those were equally plausible in this movie <laughs> and neither of them happened and i'm fine with that um where it is revealed that this uh cyber woman this digighost has been a uh, a lady that her mind was was scanned into the computer after she died, I think. Maybe. And she wants she wants generic corp to be good instead sure. of bad. And so she helps them. They beat the they uh, use the thumb wire against the bad guy, slice him in half, and then Keanu enters the cyberverse for the worst looking digital model of a man i have ever seen in my entire this life is, okay so i i questioned in this moment were they on some level trying to make it look like a guy was the goal for it to look I, kind of guy-ish because it did not the goal not achieved <laughs> goal definitely not you missed achieved. the mark the most the thing of, i like the um this is another <laughs> another one where you were frustrated that i didn't actually lean into this when uh jones enters the digiverse and he's like a dolphin who's guiding him through the cyber waters i really wanted to see more jones helping out like that was really that was kind of yeah. fun it was like oh he this is this is how the dolphin can yeah, help it didn't feel any different from the first time keanu was in there just that we didn't get no cool it didn't at all gloves and 
You know, it was just a lot younger. Actually, I think the first time he's in the Digiverse oh, is cooler. Yeah. I also think that that scene needs to get recut into some sort of a music video. Uh, potentially Daft Punk, if I liked. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I support Yeah, this. actually, you're right. <laughs> you're 100% right. Um, we cut, we have a couple flashbacks throughout the movie, but this is where they are fully realized. There's a couple flashbacks to his one birthday, I guess that he remembers that they decided to film. Yeah. Uh, so he remembers that he once had a birthday, the only birthday he's ever had in his life, <laughs> which is, which makes sense why he was, became a courier because if you only ever had one birthday, you wouldn't be so keen on preserving your childhood. You're not memories. missing much. Yeah. This is definitely where you see like in a, uh, all film worlds where you actually have to buy physical film to shoot a movie on. They can only shoot one childhood scene because they run out of film in a digital world. I can imagine them setting up a whole bunch of scenes and shooting them all quickly. Sure, get a couple actors, and we actually feel like, that kid up. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, that was one where I was like, Oh yeah, they just didn't have the budget to shoot any other flashback except the one, <laughs> the one birthday flashback. He get his memories back and then they fight Dolph one more yes. time and they uh they he kind of wrecks everybody and then they use the jones's uh chi blast oh, yeah. on him, right and it kills him and then he gets set on fire i think yeah he, he gets oh, it burned like, it like, straight directly to hell it's fantastic and then there's another great joke where we cut to him rising again and then ice t goes get that trash out of here <laughs> and then, then it turns out they're just lifting him up yeah and that is that's another one that is literally like there's a setup there's a line and then there's a payoff it is shot exactly how if this was a comedy this is that's exactly you would have you wouldn't have shot it any different at all i love and that point i was convinced this is a comedy this movie was a comedy at some point lincoln i am obsessed with you just reconciling with the concept that there might be a serious movie with some jokes in it and then you just i love that you're like that's no, the thing this is this not is a, a serious movie, comedy though. this was it had no. to be a comedy this isn't a serious movie though. it thinks it is this movie though. is so ridiculous it on every level be. but it's it so, so ridiculous like I, I, I just do not believe that someone would lean into it that hard sincerely and include any jokes at all. Like it doesn't make any sense that someone could believe it and also be able to construct such a, such a good joke. <laughs> Look at how the rest of this movie is constructed, Lincoln. <laughs> I don't know if there's right. a lot of thought behind the construction of this movie. And that's about the, the movie. Oh, we made it, boys. We made all it. all is well. <sighs> the cure the disease. We did it. The, the cure to... Uh, to not to uh johnny pneumonia goes out it's broadcast to the nations and now the world is better i like that everybody just kind of went cool a cure that was nice that was a nice kind of thing that they didn't get right because i legitimately there was a part of me that was worried that they were going to figure out the cure and then this movie was going to be so accurate in predicting that one element of the future that there was going to be another like 30 40 minutes of people just debating whether or not it was a good idea <laughs> that's wait yeah that's true there was a cure to our plague and it did go out and half the population of our country said i don't like this yeah. cure. <laughs> no thank you find a different one <laughs> sorry johnny <laughs> I, I know it took a heck of a lot of work to get this cure <laughs> i actually feel like uh, people would be so, more inclined this is like real actual life but sort of i feel like people would be more inclined to accept the cure to our plague our most recent plague, 
if someone came out and was like, hey, Keanu Reeves went into the metaverse and he found this cool shit to put into your bones and body. And we would all be like, cool, man. It's a marketing issue. Yes. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah. So uh, let's let's talk about what this movie's an equivalent punishment to. This movie is the cinematic equivalent of having dry, itchy contacts that you can't take out for another couple of hours. (laughs) This movie is the cinematic equivalent, similarly, to rubbing your eyes way too hard. (laughs) This movie is the cinematic equivalent of sitting for... Probably an hour and a half, two hours, watching paint dry, touching the paint, and then realizing you were actually watching the wrong paint. That paint's been dry for 18 years. This movie is a cinematic equivalent to when you wake up at 5.30 in the morning and you're an hour and a half early for like anything that you need to wake up for, <laughs> and your brain has lost all sense of time and space, and you have no idea like where you are or what's going on. This movie is the cinematic equivalent of going to a Subway sandwich store ordering a sandwich and then not watching and then they make your sandwich you get your sandwich and it's been tuna fish and you didn't realize it and then you open it up and it's tuna fish bummer (laughs) town either that or the cinematic equivalent of a coke at a subway restaurant (laughs) from the from From the the machine not from not like (laughs) from the fridge (laughs) from the machine the one that tastes like pipes a little bit (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) this is the cinematic equivalent of sitting down to eat a meal taking one bite realizing it's terrible and knowing that you have to finish it because because grandma's watching <laughs> exactly. and she'll be and sad you if have you don't. no option of getting she made it, it. <laughs> she made the asparagus with with dry with melted craft singles <laughs> on the top of it <laughs> this movie is a cinematic equivalent to listening to 2010's dubstep with one single five dollar earbud in one ear (laughs) that's a good one this movie is the cinematic equivalent of getting one of those digital frames and then not charging it or putting any photos on it so you try to turn it on and it's just a well-framed black square (laughs) a well-framed black square that's all we can hope this podcast (laughs) can ever be right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this is a cinematic equivalent to when you're eating you've eaten a whole bag of red doritos and you want to get the little crumblings at the bottom and you straighten the bag out and lift it up to your mouth and like shuffle those bad boys in <laughs> but then it's like way too salty and you're like why did i do this <laughs> this movie is the cinematic equivalent of going to print something and then having to mess around with the orientation and the scale and the paper size and then when you finally <laughs> press print, your printer doesn't work. And you spend another two hours messing with your printer to make that work. I am so surprised that we keep finding these. Like, how are we... Why do they work? Like, why do I have strong opinions about which ones were, like, really applicable and which ones work? Because that one person that you just said is so That was close. so good. That is, that is how I felt watching this movie. Uh, this movie is the cinematic equivalent of trying to log into your Gmail account and Gmail won't let you and then you give it the right password and it goes, no, thank you. You have to do a different thing. Wait 24 hours and then you can suddenly randomly log in and Gmail goes, holy shit, did you know you tried to log into me? <laughs> I could crash you from here. I could crash you from here. <laughs> okay, I think that, that about does it. Uh, Preston, are, are you the one who decides I the next am. movie? Our our next film for next week or whatever next episode um is going to be After Earth starring Jaden Will Smith. Have you seen After Earth, John? What? 
This is so salient. This is so good. This is so on theme with my I knew movie. it was going to happen. I could smell it. I could smell it in the air. I woke up today and I went, yeah, we're doing After Earth. President, I'm, I've been looking for an excuse to watch After Earth for the better so, part of a decade. So here's, here's the backstory for this. So I remember, uh, let's see. So this movie came out in 2013. Um, and I remember seeing like, trailers or ads or whatever and thinking oh man i bet that's just the sickest movie ever and then (laughs) um watching 65 the adam driver dinosaur movie and thinking hey this seems a lot like this after earth movie that somehow just lodged itself in my self-consciousness um so i said (laughs) hey this looks like a really terrible movie but i'm gonna watch it anyways um, and now I'm going to subject you guys to the same thing. John, have you seen uh, it? Oh, man, years ago at my grandparents' house, and they had a TV that was like oh, 18 okay. inches. So, no, I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm so, Preston, when we started this podcast, I got this little, like, excited feeling of like, oh, Preston's going to choose a movie. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to get, <laughs> I'm going to get a new, a new movie recommendation. And I, I literally don't think you you could have done any better than this. This is so good. This is amazing. Yeah. Do we have homework for After Earth? Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, he has to come up with it. <laughs> this is directed by Shyamalan? Yeah. That's why that I want to watch it. I'm, one of, I'm a Shyamalan <laughs> apologist. Same. I think actually all three of yeah. us. Might be. I know. Like suddenly, I want to like really <laughs> we didn't like think this glass movie was that bad. after seeing that he directed it. Um, maybe we will. Maybe we will. Maybe this will be a Dune situation, but all three of us will like it instead <laughs> of just one of us. Preston, are you? You got that homework? You know, got that sweet, sweet homework? Got that sweet H. I I can't think of anything. <laughs> yes, week off. What's up? Um. We, ha- we have to do some... I'm going to make some sort of musical cue for no homework so people know that this isn't <laughs> normal. This is special. <laughs> okay, all of us do that at the okay. same time. Ready, <laughs> go. <laughs> That's going to be super be fun to you to cut poison. the line later. Well, let's let's wrap right. this motherfucker up. <laughs> Put a bow on it, why don't I've, you? I, I realize I haven't... I think I haven't been cussing, cussing enough no, in this show. I, I feel like I'm <laughs> Just, really carrying the ribbon for us on that one. <laughs> really really working for our m rating so i'm trying to i'm trying to pick it back up a little because i think it is funny yeah. to cuss. it is, it is yeah we, we didn't really um, have a lot of swears so... in this <laughs> thanks shithead <laughs> fuck you <laughs> see it is funny <laughs> thank you for listening to twinkie talk brought to you by the evening brothers i have been cyber lincoln i could crash you from here uh, i have been however many gigabyte john i said three, three. gigabyte john uh, use it. And I've been Brother Preston. I want room service. Oh, fuck. That was it. That was <laughs> the better one. I, Shit. Yep. I mean, I'm not sad. Goodbye. <laughs>